So I signed in and it was like, where would you like to ship the PS5s? And I was like, oh my gosh, to me, <laughs> please. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast, the show where we talk about all things video game related, but mostly video games, but also coffee and PS5 and video games. Today we've got a couple bangers coming at you. We got some Wii action. We got some underground dystopian action. So stick around and see which one wins today's top 50 showdown. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about some video games, I guess. Let me tell you, we feeling it. We are feeling it. I slept a bunch. Tired. This red eye, it's cold now. Make sure you support your local coffee shop in the middle of this pandemic. Or any local businesses. And after. And if it's black-owned or female-owned, even better. That's true, baby. Uh, But yeah, I'm drinking drinking a red eye. Cup of coffee with a shot of espresso. You have a microwave. I know, I was thinking about heating it up, but it's almost gone. I think I'm just going <laughs> to polish it at this point. Yeah. No point in maximizing my enjoyment. Sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's probably not even perfectly sunk cost, because now it's just like oh, a, it's a just little bit of pain. Fucking lazy, yeah. yeah. Uh, the lazy fallacy. My favorite. Yeah, you've been getting that Vietnamese-sized coffee, which... I didn't this time. Oh, you didn't? It looked like it. but It the, sure did. It did look like iced coffee with I mean, some yeah. kind of milk or half and half Was it just iced coffee with milk in it? Um, no, it was a pumpkin ice latte. Ooh. Pumpkin pie ice latte, which is also what I've been getting from Caboose. Oh, really? Yeah. When do you guys go to Caboose? With you, but remember I've been ordering coffee? Oh, sorry. I forgot. Yeah. You think I go anywhere without you? You guys, well, you guys go to Target way more than I think you guys do. I'm always surprised at how frequently you guys go to Target. Like, I... Yeah, I, I always just figure, like, I know you guys go without me. I mean, I'm going to blame Clarissa no on 90% of those yeah, I mean, for sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm always surprised with the frequency that you go. Like, but when I get Snapchats, I'm like, what the what is going on? I mean, was that convenient, man? If you like coffee, let us know what you like. I will say my, I was talking to, also talking to my mom. Um, she, uh, we, we were talking about coffee. My, my favorite homemade method that I found so far Starbucks French roast on the AeroPress. By far, hands down, best cup of coffee I've ever been able to make in my house. Keurig cups are like okay. I would say that I compare like a Keurig cup to honestly, a fr- I've never had that good of a French press. I think French presses are overrated, highly. And then like a pour over is like a reliable, like eight probably out of 10, maybe a nine, somewhere in that range. But that, it, assuming that that AeroPress with the French roast is a 10. Like, I've just never been able to come close. I don't know if you have, like, a, a favorite cup combo. I mean, I, I've been honestly drinking so much Keurig lately um, that, that for me... So, Starbucks has a fall blend, um, which I absolutely love. I'm, I'm also just getting in the pumpkin-y, fall-y move, baby. I mean, it's fun. Um, but it, it's it's got, like, some spices in it, and that that gets me... Super hyped, and it's nice to change it up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, their their Pike Place is also incredibly reliable. Pike Place, it, it is really reliable. It just like it's, I don't know if it's just like exposure or something like that. It just is. It's it'll never be a ten, but it'll also like never be a five either. Yeah. You know, what I'm like it just it's such a it is a good daily driver. Like I don't blame it for that being their like signature roast because it is just reliably really fucking good. Um, but yeah, it's. Honestly, the the Horizon Zero Dawn hand ground pour over, sitting on a porch and a nice crisp Iowa morning. What's the Horizon Zero Dawn pour over? Horizon Line. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. It's not even Horizon Line. It's it's freaking Colorado. Oh, the I don't even remember the brand. Yeah. Horizon Line also phenomenal. Uh, yeah, but, but I was like. Yeah, I can't remember that brand, but yeah, some some Steamboat Colorado um, coffee beanery. <laughs> what do you call it? Like roastery? roastery? Yeah, something, something like that. I don't, I don't know. They roast their <laughs> own. They beanery. roast their own beans for sure. The one thing I found with like local roasters like that is those the beans are always really really hard. So like in comparison, when I'm grinding, I have a manual grinder. Um, so like when I'm mani grinding 
like a major corporation or roasteries, mm-hmm. it's like much easier to grind. But the 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 local uh, roasted, they are like so hard to grind. Like the amount hmm. of force I have to apply, it feels like it's like double. Um, obviously, like my the moment arm on that manual grinder isn't that big, so I'm sure like any change at all would be noticeable. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it it is actually really surprising how like much the impact changes. In uh, other news, PlayStation Four is out has been for a long time <laughs> it's still out baby <laughs> they're still producing uh playstation 5 release happened maxwell is hype about that yeah so well, was, we should say a pre-order yeah occurred so uh, the, me him and clarissa were all sitting on a couch trying to pull it up so we could get one pre-order off and uh not uh, unsuccessfully yeah but maxwell has a, a funny little little anecdote or whatever your little story to share about is it's a good thing Clarissa doesn't listen to this podcast because she would be so pissed to hear the story like a fifth time. Um, but yeah, no, they. It, it seems like Walmart jumped the gun um, a day early from what PlayStation was intending to have the pre-order release be. And so all the other retailers followed suit and so no one was prepared. And so by the time I saw that the pre-order was available, sites were crashing. It was impossible to get things in carts. We were all trying. I was like, okay, whatever. I guess I missed out on, on the pre-order disappointing but like whatever i will survive um but then i'm i go to bed and i wake up about three in the morning and i gotta go pee i go pee and i'm like you know what for shits and giggles i'm gonna go back to best buy and just see if i can hit refresh see if i can actually get it in my cart i was tapping it a couple times and then finally it was like oh sign in which i had not gotten yet so i signed in and it was like where would you like to ship the ps5s and i was like oh my gosh to me <laughs> please <laughs> and then i kept hitting go to payment go to payment go to payment go to payment and kept error, error, error. and then all of a sudden i was like cool payment methods and i was like oh my gosh we're here and i had already signed in so my payment method was ready and so all i had to do was hit place order and i hit place order place order place order place order and i knew that i was going to get a confirmation from my credit card company or like i would have to type in a code so it wouldn't keep charging me and place order place order boop and then the screen popped off of my credit card company. I typed in the code. I hit submit. And the screen went white. Which Come. is worse. Worse than the blue screen of death. Like the white screen of death is literally because like if the white screen of death comes up, normally it's because like obviously places won't like show PHP errors and stuff like that on their yeah. screen because they don't want to give you any like inside information. But that also means that you have like no potential debugging information as well. So like from a web developer side, like white screen of death is literally horrible. It is the worst feeling. Yeah, so I, I was crapping myself. And at this point, I couldn't just keep hitting refresh because I had already confirmed with my credit card company. So I didn't know if that was going to continue. Yeah, just order to like place a bunch of orders. Turned out I was my own bot. <laughs> um, but I, I waited what felt like an eternity, but was probably only 30 seconds. And then the splash screen of order confirmed popped up. I got the email. My credit card was charged. So I think it's been a few days i have not gotten an order canceled yet and it sounds like they're they're making more ps5s available so i think i successfully pre-ordered i hope they're making more ps5s that'd be kind of goofy if they only (laughs) well i meant like before launch we only made 200 ps5s man they're going quick (laughs) um so yeah and so it officially launches november 12th um get hyped they they announced the the pricing so the the one with the 4k blu-ray player 499 less than five hundred dollars so savings crazy which maxwell calls um i did call that yep and the the disc list version so it's the exact same internals as the ps5 minus the 4k blu-ray player is 399 which um, maxwell also called i did call um and uh i mean it, it would have been weird to for them to do anything else <laughs> uh, yeah honestly. 398 would have been crazy <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be crazy man um but yeah, so that's a super. It's super interesting now. We got the Xbox Series X and the PS Five with the the disc drive, both at four ninety nine. Xbox Series X technically has more of the flops, but flops don't really tell the whole performance story um, because they got different clock speeds on GPU and CPU between the two, um, which and could provide like, other things. And just like different like BIOS or whatever you want to call it, like UFI, you know, like the like I guess just like the optimization that it can even use within the computer and the coding itself. So yeah, and the PS Five storage is faster than than the Xbox, um, but slightly smaller. There's just the, there's a whole host of of things. But then going down the stack, so they both both PlayStation and Xbox released cheaper versions. Um, so the Xbox Series S 
is two ninety nine, but has significantly nerfed internals. Um, so it only runs. It has about four of the Terry floppies, um, which is about equivalent to the Xbox One X in teraflop performance. Which again doesn't tell the whole story. Um, but with its backwards compatible games, it will not be playing the Xbox One X versions. It will be playing the Xbox One S versions of backwards compat games. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and it, it also is had, that also discless. It is discless. Yep. So so no disc player. Um, it's it's nerfed performance wise, but with Game Pass and the future of X Cloud could end up being pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, developers are, are kind of saying they're complaining about it has much less RAM than the, the more powerful consoles, um, and it only has 500 gigabytes of space, which especially without a disk drive can fill up pretty quick. Um, but it's a nice it's a nice cheaper alternative for people's heads and then the PlayStation Five has is kind of the sweet spot with 399, but having kind of the full performance especially since discs are becoming a lot less common. It makes sense for PlayStation because that kind of drives you to the PlayStation store to buy, which is where they make the majority of their money. Um, so they, they can have a steeper discount because the, the disc drive does not cost $100. So they, it's not like they just saved $100 in manufacturing by excluding the disc drive, um, but they're going to make that up in software sales. So very interesting. It's playing out they, i mean the console wars are effectively dead both both companies are going in almost entirely different directions and how they handle generations and performance and all that kind of stuff but it's an exciting time but it's alive still is alive and yeah pre-orders by the time this is out you pre-orders will already be live for the xbox series x and s i believe starts on september 22nd um right yep yep that's in a couple days and uh yeah Buckle up. We aren't even going to talk about the RTX 3080. I teased it too hard, apparently. It's just everyone got too hyped. Um, I mean, it is, it is definitely hype. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly hype. Uh, one of my friends was saying they they were, they were seeing 2080 Ti's on sale for like, what, like it was like $400 or something like that online, which seems ridiculously low. Have you seen anything at that? Have you looked at all? Um, I, I've looked that's that was I think there was like a rare instance of like one manufacturer like drop the, the price temporarily um, on it but that doesn't even really make sense because the 3070 is not even out yet which supposedly matches the 2080 Ti but will be for $500 and I mean it just I don't know it's it's a bit extreme but most of the 2080 Ti's I see online are still at least in like the seven to $800 if not over a thousand yeah um, and but it, I think you can find, especially on the used market, um, people trying to dump that off. It definitely got flooded initially, but now all of those people might be removing their listings after they realized they couldn't get a 38. Yeah. Um, and that's like not the whole story, right? Because of the improved architecture, whatever, right? Just like gen improvements from it. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want, I want that, that 30 series architecture for sure. In the form of a thirty sixty. <laughs> yeah, if I'm if I'm going to be spending money on an upgrade, especially hundreds of dollars, I definitely want the most recent architecture to keep make me, myself feel cool, keep me happy for longer, baby. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's all I got on tech news, other than the fact that I got the Super Mario Remaster, whatever they call it, which is super hyphy. So. <laughs> so yeah not gonna leave my apartment my employer is gonna be mad all right i'll start it let's do it this week we got two exciting games for you from me and really i don't know if they will be you be the judge we got mario kart Wii and just cause three that rhymes baby we're gonna start with just cause three we've already spoken about just cause three um but it was developed by Avalanche Studios, which in the most recent PS5 um, conference we learned is developing a new Hogwarts world, Wizarding World RPG um, that will be released on the next gen of consoles. So that's pretty hyped if you're into Harry Potter and the Wizarding World of Magic and Wonderment. Um, <laughs> so just goes three developed by Avalanche Studios, released back in December of 2015. An action adventure by name, a blow em up by trade. Um, <laughs> so you play as Rico Rodriguez, the man, the myth, the legend. On in this 
particular installment, which is the third, takes place on the Mediterranean Isle of Medici. And we in the last one, we basically said how the story doesn't matter because you are essentially trying to free the island of the dictator. Well, I didn't even write his name down because nobody cares. I mean, I, I, I barely remember anything from the story. My entire experience was just... Blow him up. I mean, literally. Yeah, like that's what makes that game... LOL. It's, yeah. Phenomenal. Um, the, the, the map does include five major biomes. Did I bother to look up what they are? No, I didn't. Because, again, I don't care. <laughs> it's poor game. I know. I mean, it is a great game, but it is it is not those details that make it. Um, so what does make it is the grappling hook, wingsuit, and parachute, which we spoke about last time, which you can essentially fly yourself the grappling hook is kind of one of those like auto like ratchet in so you like attach it and it pulls you to it and so you you gain some major speed you equip that wingsuit real fast and boom you're flying you're gliding and you can keep using that grappling hook to to speed you up you can fly indefinitely you can use the parachute to then gain a little bit of height use that wingsuit again jump off of buildings the the world is your hoister you know what that kind of reminds me of reminds me of uh the crew two or whatever oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's like I, it's I, like i was out of left field I, was <laughs> I know but the fact that like you can just free change whenever almost reminds me of that yeah but that's good because one of those games is good the other that's one the crew two. is phenomenal <laughs> um yeah wow that's it is exactly like the crew two so if you've played the crew two you've played just because three that is true um so the interesting, it may be not interesting, but I'm going to tell you some facts about the development. Um, it started at a smaller satellite studio of Avalanche Studios um, in New York. It only had about 75 employees. Um, the rest of Avalanche was working on finishing up Mad Max development, um, which was going to release back in 2013. Um, but more interest to me, um, they actually brought on some developers from Criterion Games, who at the time was famous for the Burnout series, um, but also would go on to develop Need for Speed games as well. Um, but they, they brought them on to handle the handling of vehicles in the game, which I thought was kind of interesting. Might as well bring in the experts. That's true. And, and not try and teach yourself something new. That <laughs> um, sounded like a diss, and maybe it was, but I think it was a smart decision. Um, um go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna, there's just no point in reinventing the wheel, right? Like yeah. if you already if, if you already have it made, just grab grab the wheel. Yeah, spend spend development budget on other things like in a compelling story <laughs> or just more explosions, which is how they spent their budget. Um and on Metacritic, generally from seventy one to seventy four, it's one of those like, yeah, it's incredibly fun to play. You can do some absolutely crazy stuff in it. Um, but like that's it's kind of like the GTA. I mean, GTA has a great story, but like a lot of, I think a lot of people just go back to either play online, doing a bunch of heists, playing with other people, blowing stuff up, and that's kind of what Just Cause Three is good for, just doing some absolutely crazy bonkers stuff. I feel like that's just biased because you know me, and that's how I play it. Most people I know are like super fanboys of the story and like are Actually, like offended that I like haven't played through. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've played through it, and I can tell you. It's of GTA, GTA, not just oh guys. GTA. Okay, yeah, I thought yeah, you were about yeah, yeah, no, just no, 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 no. I don't, I don't think. How I'm... dare you have not played two GTA? I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, it's just my friends, so the sample size is pretty small. But yeah, normally I, I get flack for not having played through the GTA story. I don't know anyone else that's played Just Cause Three off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, Adam, if you've played it, because you're the only other person I think that I'm friends with that owns a PlayStation, so you'd be the only other contender. Um. That's, I mean, you can get it on PC as well. We're the only PC gamers. I don't have other... other. I mean, Mitch, I guess, but Mitch wouldn't play Just Cause 3. What? At least I don't think. Wow. Yeah, I, like, I, I just... My, most... I feel like most of the people I talk to are still Xbox gamers. Rip or got the Xbox gen. I mean, yeah, truly. Um. So, yeah. Was it released? I don't think it was released on the Xbox, though, right? Or was it... It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, I it thought was it was I Xbox it was One, PS4, and uh, PC. I thought it was a console exclusive. So, yeah. Sorry for all those name drops. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Um, but yeah, in, in your defense with, with GTA, the, the GTA Five specifically, the story is incredibly long, and some of the missions 
if not most of them, have some incredibly tedious parts to them. Um, so, it, I mean, the story is good. It's interesting. There are definitely some cool parts to it. But, man, is it a chore at times. Literally, Literally yeah. I love to bring up the mopping the freaking floors <laughs> as, like, an entire level and doing yoga. Like, what? which is also kind of the GTA developers kind of satirizing themselves and the players and, like, kind of trolling everyone. I get it. But, like, man, to actually play it, especially if you played through it once, going through it a second time is one hell of a chore. At least for me, it was. But I had to do it so I could use the assassination money hack to get all of the money on both PC and PS4. That's true. It's a requirement. That's just because three. Mario Kart Wii, baby. Developed by Nintendo. Who's that? <laughs> I don't know. Some indie studio, I think. Um, released back in April of 2008, North America being one of the last regions to get it. Um, and it was released for the Wii. <laughs> Go figure. Um, it is a racing game and the sixth game in the Mario Kart series. Now, Mario Kart. You know it. You love it. It... And, and why I say you know it and you love it is because it was the best-selling Mario Kart game, still is, of all time, hmm. selling almost 38 million copies. Hmm. It is the second best-selling game on the Wii, hmm. just behind Wii Sports. Hmm. It is currently sitting around number 11, best-selling game of all time. It has been inside of the top 10 before. I feel like we should like normalize that per console sale, though. Like, I'd be interested to see Mario Kart Wii sales versus Wii sales period to, like, Double Dash sales versus GameCube sales. Ooh, that is interesting. And, and like, 64 versus 64 Yeah, sales. like, what percent of the of the player base yeah, or you could, owns that game or got the game? Or point. you could try to, like, aggregate over the gen as a whole, you know, so, like, compare the Wii to, what, like, the 360, that was the same gen, right, and PS3. Um because yeah, I like I feel like gaming has only become more normalized and popular. So I don't know if I think that's the best representative statistic, but it could be. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Comment below if you want to hear those numbers. Because <laughs> you can't look them up yourself. That's true. Only um, we can. <laughs> Podcast perks. Hell yeah, it's because we're on Spotify, baby. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that is literally true. Um, but yeah, so because because it, it did sell so many copies, chances are that you've probably played it or known someone who has played it. Um, essentially, it's a kart race where you drive around, you get power-ups, and the power-ups either give you speed boost, they, you can attack the other people you're racing against, um, or defend um, from someone else attacking against you, and you're trying to win the race. Um, and this is when they introduced the paraglider mechanic as well. It is not. What? Get your facts straight, baby. I thought they introduced it. Was it literally the Switch one that they introduced the paraglider? Uh, we what do you call it? What what Wii came U? after the Wii? Wii U, yeah. Oh. It was like Mario Kart eight or seven, one of the two. Oh, Mario Kart seven, yeah, because this is number six. Oh. I don't. I didn't think I played that, but I thought I played a paraglider mechanic one before the Switch, so that must have been it. I just assumed it was the Wii, but I don't know anyone that owns the Wii U, unless you can play Mario Kart seven on the Wii. I don't think so. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know anyone that. No one knows anyone that owns the Wii U. Literally. Can you name anybody? I can. Okay, well, don't. But I'm not friends with them anymore, so... Hey, they, they're, they're not nameable. Because they have a Wii U. <laughs> Man, I really thought that I was on the Wii. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I didn't really like the paraglider mechanic anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, still don't. But unfortunately, it's in all the new ones. Um, but what they did introduce in this one were the bikes. It was the first game, first Mario Kart game, where they introduced bikes. I'm so. one gin off on all of this because I thought the bikes were introduced to gin before that too. My memory's <laughs> horrible. Um, so it's it's really Mario bikes. We <laughs> two dynamite. You. Um, so they with this game there there were 32 tracks and I believe if I read it correctly 16 of them were new in this game. Um, so they definitely added a lot of content. And there were 24 total characters, again, adding a, a few new characters as well. Um, and every copy of the game 
sold came with the Wii Wheel. So kind kind of the interesting thing about being released on the Wii is the Wii Mote has motion controls. So you actually traditionally using the Wii Mote hold it kind of horizontally and steer by moving the Wii Mote. The wheel that came with it essentially allows the Wii Mote to go into the wheel so that you can actually hold like a wheel and make it feel more like you're driving. Um, but kind of a novel concept for a racing game, pretty cool. Um, but also made the game incredibly difficult because um, especially without like the additional accelerometer in the later edition of the Wiimote, um, there is definitely, it's not perfect by any means. Um, so there's a, a skill skill curve there. The good news is, is that you could add a Wii nunchuck um, and just drive typically like with a little analog stick, or you could hook up a GameCube controller or the Nintendo Classic controller as well. Um, and play more traditionally like you would in other Mario Kart games. But they gave you options. Did you have something to add? I mean, did you want... So the glider was... It was introduced to Mario Kart 7. Okay. But that is the 3DS version. Mario Kart 8 is the Wii U. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the Switch. Oh. There we go. Which I also don't know anyone who owns the 3DS. And you probably do, but you're not friends with them anymore because they own the 3DS. Do you guys own the 3DS? Are you going to tell me that right now? Because I'm about to disband this friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Clarissa has a 3DS. I thought it was just the DS. She also has a DS Lite. You guys have so many consoles. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Clarissa got it for like Animal Crossing. Unsurprisingly. I mean, true. <laughs> that doesn't change my preceding statement. But yeah, no, we yeah we have a 3DS, Ben. I mean, is it good? Does she play anything other than Animal Crossing on it? No. Or at least not to my knowledge. I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah. Hmm. Either way. That's Mario Kart Wii. Yeah. <laughs> We're no longer friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, I was an RA in college, resident assistant. And um, one of the events I sent, set up for my floor to teach them about the dangers of alcoholism and like well that's drunk mario dr- and drunk drive is yes drunk mario kart but it there was no alcohol involved so i actually invited um the university officers to come to the event and they had drunk goggles um and so we set up a tv in one of the lounges and played we played mario kart while wearing drunk goggles um to simulate like drunk driving it was kind of fun mostly the, the officers came and they gave um a bunch of speeches and statistics and talked about the different laws and stuff like that so i mean it was educational and we just had fun playing mario kart with drunk goggles but that sounds honestly more fun than doing the actual drinking yeah because you don't have like the health detriment and the headache and the pain of being drunk but yeah like you just get the the goofy difficulty of it but maybe we should just buy some drunk goggles i mean that's kind of what i'm thinking we'll now never that have to drink about it. like it, it it sounds actually pretty funny to try how much are drunk goggles either way continue i'll look it up um that's about it yeah overall 82 out of 100 on metacritic so it sold way better than its Metacritic score would suggest, but overall it got a lot of praise. Um, but IGN criticized the 150cc, which is like the fastest speed, highest difficulty, for their rubber banding, um, which I just thought was hilarious because Mario Kart, by definition, the game mechanic is rubber banding, which essentially means that you can't get too far. You think of the entire group of racers as being inside of a rubber band. So the further ahead someone goes, they're stretching the rubber band, which pulls the people in last place closer, faster than they should be. So it kind of keeps everyone grouped together so no one's absolutely destroying the competition. And Mario Kart does this. When you're further back, you get better items. So it helps you keep up close to the pack and even get further in front. But for some reason, IGN just felt it was a little bit too much in the 150cc. It's insane how good the items are in last place. Like, that, it is ridiculous. It is, but that's, I mean, that's Mario Kart. You're going to compare a a green shell to the bullet bill? Like, that is just, that's ridiculous. No, it is rubber banding, but that, but it's, that's Mario Kart. Like, I don't, I don't understand what they were criticizing. I, I looked at their actual review and they were just like, man, it is like. I get it on the other ones because it always feels like it could be your race at any point. But on 150cc, man, it's just ridiculous. I'm like, it's I mean, get good, bro. But but it is also it is yeah it is annoying when I'm like, if I'm doing really well and then end up getting blue shelled to the last second and it's just like, 
I mean, what's my counter there? Other than I hold on to a star. Like, if I'm in first place, I'm never going to get a star, right? You got... Ruins my gameplay experience. <laughs> so, that was just kind of interesting. But yeah, Mario Kart. And? Fantastic. And what's what's the verdict on drum goggles? $125. Is that just one? Or one set? One pair of goggles, and it, 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 it looks like, from what I'm seeing, it simulates 0.08 to 0.15 on your whatever bab or whatever i mean that's pretty drunk that is pretty drunk i mean that's definitely illegal at least in iowa i mean i mean yeah i think that is like that's just almost universal drunk but like 0.15 is like getting to like brownout phase i mean that seems like it's such a wide range like yeah actually like i'm a little (laughs) surprised with how wide it is but i guess i don't know i don't know how, how they're measuring it because if you're like a alcoholic right that versus like someone who that never drinks that's like a Maybe maybe that's it. It's yeah. a point oh eight for an alcoholic <laughs> and a point one five for someone who's never drank in their life. Or wait, I said that backwards, but that's yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, alcoholics actually feel it more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> more you drink, more efficient your body gets at getting fucked up. <laughs> um, that's more expensive than I thought it would be, but I guess I'm not surprised either because I never looked it up before. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Um. So what's the what what's What's taking the dub? Mario Kart Wii is taking the dub, baby. That is it. I have gotten so much playtime out of that. It's a great party game. There's so many different ways to play, have fun. Because of the rubber banding mechanic, even if you are fantastic at it, like you can play with people who have barely ever picked up a, a game controller and have a blast um, and just absolutely hate each other with all of the different shells and, and mechanics in the game. But yeah it's fun it's classic it's mario kart what more do you have to say nothing (laughs) that's your turn man okay get out of here i would ask my normal questions of what made you play those games but we've already talked about just because three and mario kart just mario kart yeah because there's no reason to ask it is (laughs) um um but let me well let me let me think about it um yeah no i had a wii and uh, you get when you buy a nintendo console you buy the mario kart you buy the 3d mario game and you buy the zelda that's like that's what you do that is true when i bought the nintendo entertainment system i bought the 3d mario game (laughs) (laughs) roasted hey i also never have owned uh, nes in my life it's it's the the 2D is done so well, you can you can feel the third you feel, dimension. Yeah, it's inside of you. <laughs> the third dimension is happiness, baby. That might be true. Uh, okay, my games this week are Bioshock. It still says Bioshock 2 on the Excel spreadsheet because I forgot where the source was. Excel's already pulling out the phone to change it right now. So That's not, uh, that's not what I was doing. Was it actually not? It, it wasn't. But I, I am now. <laughs> um, Bioshock, the original, and Broforce, which we've also already talked about. So I guess I'll talk about Bioshock first. It's a first-person shooter uh, developed by 2K Boston and 2K Australia. I played it on the Xbox 360, but it was just released for that generation of consoles. Developed on the Unreal Engine and received a 96 out of 100 on Metacritic. Pretty juicy score, if you will. I don't know why every time I say juicy, I always say if you will after, but I'm just going to keep going <laughs> if you will. It's just courteous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to force juicy on you. So I guess a, a big lore of the game and why the game felt really novel and also why I'm picking Bioshock 1 was just the story was the story was juicy, if you will. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it that time. It's like it's the perfect couch. <laughs> <laughs> to end the sentence if you will like I, um, I don't want to force it on you baby it's just hey, but the story the story was really good and the I guess setting the atmosphere the yeah setting most appropriate atmosphere was, if you will <laughs> juicy if you won't um was super unique just it I, I hadn't played a game that felt like it at all very rare I can't really think of any media that really matches it at all, honestly, like in a movie or anything. I'm not a big, I guess, like TV or movie consoir, so I'm sure there may be some media or like a book that would be similar, but I... I I think, I mean, Fallout maybe 
is Fallout would be the closest, but I still feel like that's kind of too. I mean, they're both dystopian esque, but I, I I really wouldn't call a Fallout Three a dystopia. I mean, I guess me. Yeah, it's definitely not a dystopia. There's no utopia involved for it to be a dystopia, right? <laughs> like, there's no, like, you think it's a utopia. Yeah, it's just an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I, I, I just, I think it's a, it's a dystopian game, by the way, if you couldn't, couldn't figure out from our conversation. Unlike Fallout. That is true. Fallout 3, to be specific. I haven't played Fallout 1 or 2, which I think were, like, weren't they turn-based or something like that? I had a... I, I think they were, like, isometric view, for sure. Like, yeah. top-down so craziness but yeah so either way it was set uh in 1960 in the underwater dystopia utopian city of rapture uh which most of its history is revealed to you through audio recordings that you'll just pick up the the collectible aspect of the game which i really don't enjoy collectible aspects in a lot of game it doesn't like doesn't detract doesn't really add so I'm not really saying that as a positive. It's just an element that exists in the game. I want to be but, very clear what I do and don't like. But you, even if it's like giving you history and backstory, you don't like that? I don't. I don't. I just don't. I view it as a neutral. Like it just, I, mm. I enjoy the story, but there are times like I kind of wish like when I, some at least sometimes, I don't know. Like sometimes when I finish a story, I wish I would like get like in this case, like all the audio recordings or something like that and could Ooh, be able to get that, like that all nice. the story. You know, it, it's a little annoying when I feel like I'm missing elements of the game just because I didn't look in some corner or something like that. I don't want to spend all of my games playing at 100% thoroughness, but I do understand also the reward of yeah. you know, making people do it. And spending a lot of time in the game, so it's that's what that's why I just view it as a neutral, right? It just isn't something that makes me. I'm not like, oh yes, I get to pick up audio recordings this game and listen to them, and yeah. also the audio recordings, the tempo of them that they came. Sometimes you would be picking up so many audio recordings that like by the, you can, when you pick it up, you can automatically play it if you want, and there were some times where like the audio recordings would come at such a clip that the first audio recording wouldn't finish by the time you pick up the second. Yeah. So then you just have to like the prompt to start playing that audio recording only lasts let's say five seconds some you know whatever they chose time interval so you just have to stand there if you want to listen to it all the way through and then other times it's like you listen to audio recording and then you get in a big fight or something and it's like you're not going to be like oh history of rapture while i'm trying to shoot these splicers like (laughs) can you hold on for a second i'm trying to listen trying to study so that's a quick sidetrack as i'm playing through dead space um a, a lot of times like after you complete an objective like the, the people you're in comms with will like pop up on comms to start to talk to you but it's like oftentimes like when you complete an objective a bunch of monsters will pop out so i am just like making loud bang noises focusing on killing the monsters while they're telling me what the next objective is and then i kill the monster i'm like i don't know what the hell i'm supposed to do right now yeah that in this i guess i didn't right when it was released i'm not really sure but definitely i felt like the xbox 360 generation-esque of games i don't know exactly where dead space falls in it but i feel like it's, it does it's yeah close, it's right? 2008 yeah that was that was a common complaint i feel like that i had while playing through those games it was very definitely very common for either yeah like in like a, a doom game right you're gonna get like doom 3 you get voice mm-hmm. calls right or something or like communication from someone and it just yeah they I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of focus on syncing that up with the gameplay experience to make sure that it's like, I wouldn't mind that there was a lull period forced into it, right? So then I could like listen to and still explore the environment or something like that while listening to it. But yeah, a lot of times there was a conflict where it's like they're bringing in action scenes, right? When I'm trying to consume some media in game and it it, it got a little frustrating for sure. I, I don't like when I have to stop my gameplay experience just to listen to that thing i mean i don't i don't know who wants to do that just like sit and listen to a podcast in the middle of the game when the gameplay and the atmosphere and the you know setting is so fun and exciting like and they they do it well some of the time too which makes it more frustrating because it's like you i know you know how to do this properly like either they they give you an audio log at the start of like a hallway or corridor you're going to be walking through that it would take about the amount of time or like shorter than so you can just listen to it in its entirety or they would wait to trigger the comms until you've cleared a room of enemies and have killing the last enemy be the trigger for the comms like there are pretty simple programming ways to to do that yeah and they sure. do it correctly sometimes but then other times it's like 
So yeah, that's just I I remember that happening a lot. At least when I was in that that era ish. I'm pretty sure that yeah. Either way, not important. So yeah, that again, just a net neutral. So Rapture was made in the 1940s by a character known as Andrew Ryan. His name was Andrew Ryan, and, and he went by Andrew Ryan, and it wanted a utopia for society's elite outside of government and petty morality, which. I guess <laughs> Dang I'd take petty that, morality. I'd take that now. Um, not actually. But yeah, I, I thought the petty, that, that's kind of a weird weird thing to say. I mean, I understand what they're going for, but yeah. just I feel like the word petty is just a pretentious word. So we already know what kind of character Andrew Ryan is. He's a pretentious <laughs> human being. So when they're in Rapture, they're scientists who discover Adam, which they get from essentially like sea slugs that gives people the potential to modify their dna for superpowers so you can get telekinesis and pyrokinesis which are the two most common examples in the game so when you pick up the sorry 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 when you pick up the telekinesis perk you pick it right when there's a uh there's like a tennis ball shooter that's shooting tennis so you like pick that and then they have the tennis ball shooting at you to give you like time to like practice using the telekinesis power when you pick up the pyrokinesis, I'm pretty sure there's like a lone splicer, which is just a human who's essentially tweaking out on Adam, for lack of better words. Yeah. Is the does a splicer name come from like gene splicing? Is I would assume. Okay. But yeah. I didn't see anything directly on that. But that yeah. I mean seems logical. Yeah. yeah. So they do they do do a good job in the game. They definitely sometimes sometimes games I think take a little too slow when they like give you a mechanic and then they make it super boring to like. They're like, we're going to force you to go through this tutorial. Um, and then other games are just like, we're going to give you a power. We're going to say nothing about it at all. And you just have to trial and error it. So I, I do think they did a good job. And every time you pick up a new power, they play like a fun little animated video that yeah. shows you. And they're all super, for the most part, they're normally super like brutal and grotesque normally in nature in the video. So it's funny seeing that like cute animation style with them just like super gruesome content which is kind of like a repeated theme i guess in like the bioshock games also with like the fallout games like this like this generation of like darker games that was definitely like a, you have that cute overtone right or yeah it's like the bloody undertone i don't know how better to say it which i i think from like the if you think of the history of america back then like the 40s 50s and 60s like coming out of world war ii um great depression uh, america's booming and everything is like oh the future and oh it's all happy and da, 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 like yeah is is a nice contrast to yeah the darker yeah so yeah it feels good that's that feels great every time <laughs> so in rapture classes ended up forming per usual in a society and a man frank fontaine essentially uses power over the lower class to pan a plan a pan a coup on andrew ryan so he started working with dr tannenbaum to make a plasmid industry. So Dr. Tannenbaum took orphaned little girls and shoved slugs, for lack of better words, in these little girls' stomachs to make them little sisters. And the little sisters were the people who would like go around and harvest Adam to make the plasmid industry. So a lot of times in games, like the classic Bioshock, is you see a little girl with a giant syringe and like a thing of plasmid sticking out of it, and she's just stabbing a dead body over and over and over again. My mom's probably horrified hearing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's essentially how mass production of Adam started occurring. And then Fontaine wanted to try to th- overthrow Andrew Ryan, attempted, died in the process, and Fontaine then ended up getting power, essentially, of all the little sisters and control of them. A new character arises, Atlas, Conveniently, right after Fontaine dies. <laughs> it's um, not foreshadowing at all. It's not foreshadowing at all. I won't ruin the story, but it's been out long enough. I don't feel bad making jokes. So It's ruined. <laughs> it is, it, I mean, it's a big twist in the game. So, new character Atlas comes, essentially replaces Fontaine. And at this point, he also wants to throw over Andrew Ryan... And, you know, take back the little sisters, take back... Adam's a huge powerhouse. I mean, it is essentially, like, the number one, you know, target, I guess, or, like, thing that people want. What do you call it? The boon? <laughs> the boon of rapture? Sure, I'll just call it that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like there's a better word. 
but I thought there's a better word for time, so I'll just stop trying to find it. So, in response, Fontaine makes Big Daddies, which are, again, genetically enhanced humans, this time in giant diving suits who are designed to protect little sisters at all costs. So the Big Daddies are a very, like, iconic Bioshock figure, and they are ugh, they are gruesome and intense, and they are cold-blooded killers if it wasn't made obvious at this point. So like the num the first scene where you see you walk you're walking over a theater on the what do you call it like scaffolding I guess that holds the lights yeah, over like the catwalk. theater yeah. yeah and you see a little sister harvesting Adam from a dead body and a splicer comes up and wants to take the Adam because everyone wants Adam so tries to take it from the little sister so then you see a big daddy come out of nowhere while the splicer is trying to mess with the little sister and he takes his classic giant drill and rams him into the wall and you just see like blood squirting as he's just drilling out his insides it is it is a yeah it's a it's a dark game if you can't figure out but you know what we like that at Mo video games we support dark <laughs> um so yeah that's the game <laughs> on New Year's of uh, 58, Atlas then tried to overthrow Ryan and essentially the entire city. It, this was the point or the night where essentially the entire city of Rapture ended up going dystopian. Like lots of people died. There's an entire New Year's party of affluent people who end up all getting killed in a giant explosion, which you end up running through they're like that area later and picking up audio recordings while the people like they're talking and then the explosions start happening in the background so you get to recreate that in your own head so you are jack who is a random character that's never been to rapture before and you're in a plane crash in the middle of the atlantic and conveniently enough in all of the wreckage and havoc as you're swimming in the atlantic ocean you look and you're like man a lighthouse in the middle of the atlantic that's so weird i would have <laughs> never expected to be intentionally put here in a video game so you swim up to the lighthouse, and it turns out that the lighthouse is the entrance to Rapture, and you start going in the bathosphere, and you get to see the entire underwater city of Rapture, which is, I mean, super cool. Like, again, another environment that just, to me, again, haven't seen explored in other mediums, so it was very interesting to see. I, I, I really like the creativity of the game, which is, yeah, that's like my biggest compliment, I feel like, is just the uniqueness of the setting and the atmosphere of it being very dark and creepy. Uh, lots of things that just w wouldn't normally get from games at this time other than like doom 3 which was i guess an, like another first taste of like mm. a darker game but it wasn't yeah it wasn't the twisted dark you know it was just like heaven and hell demons are alive type of dark so you get a call from atlas and you start working with atlas to try to overthrow ryan and that is essentially the pot plot of the game or the setup to there and lots of twists and turns through it it is a it's a juicy story, for sure. I feel, not if you will, it is a factually juicy story. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything more than that. Uh, the gameplay is super fun. Lots of different ammo types for the guns. So, depending on who you're fighting, you have, you know, kind of the, I guess, the forced counters within the gameplay, as well as they give you lots of, there's just lots of creativity with the spells that you get from Adam and how you can use them to fight enemies. So, yeah, the gameplay, I think, is... It is super fun. The atmosphere, to me, is the highlight. But the gameplay is still... It's super clean, super well done. So I really don't... I, I can't really think of any major complaints I have on the game, looking back at it. Like, the whole experience. It, it was... I never got bored through the story. I never felt like the story really lulled. The environments were generally diverse enough. They ended up doing a good job of, like, making sure it's not just you're in the same old boring room underwater. So, I... I can't think of any complaints off the top of my head unless you can. No, it's it's creepy. It's a very creepy game. The the very first scene, so you're riding, you go in the lighthouse, and you see like this giant statue of Ryan, I'm pretty sure, in the front door, because Ryan is you know, the god of rapture, if you will. And you end up getting in a bathosphere, which will take you on this track into like the first actual mission i guess or like area of the game and as you come up and you emerge from the water in the bathosphere the lights in your bathosphere go out and you hear this splicer that's like mashing on your bathosphere and like he starts like cutting into the bathosphere and you're like oh my god i'm just gonna die in the very first scene of the game this game's over already i paid 60 dollars for this title 
So yeah, they do a whole lot to make sure that the game is disturbing. And I think they did a very good job of it. So yeah, New York Times said it was intelligent, gorgeous, and occasionally frightening, anchored by its provocative, morality-based storyline, sumptuous art direction, and superb voice acting. Only the New York Times would use the word sumptuous. However, I have to agree entirely. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I thought that that's that was... an apt description. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and then GameSpy said, inescapable atmosphere. And... Literally, you cannot escape. Yeah, you're stuck in Rapture forever. Oh, and the New York Times also said that Bioshock can hold its head high amongst the best video games ever made, which I would also agree with. I definitely say that that is a this is to me like a landmark game. Yeah. Or just definitely like a, a very a very good title to add into the gaming catalog that we've experienced over our juvenile years of gaming. So yeah, that's BioShock. I, d- I do have one more thing. So um the the little sisters you as you go through the game, you fight the big daddies to defeat the big daddies i i don't there might be like one or two that you have to fight i but i think you can skip some of the encounters um but effectively once you defeat the big daddy which is no easy task um you have a choice to make with the little sisters and you can choose to save the little sister and essentially you you kind of take take the atom from them um, or the or slugs or whatever it is and kind of like heal them and turn them back into like normal little girls and they go off to like their their mother or their adoptive like foster mother and it's like oh good but you don't get as much Adam for yourself from that or you can kill the little sister and you get almost double um, if not double the the Adam and the rewards from it but then you did a bad thing yeah um, and there's it, it kind of affects some of the endings and some of the things that happen later in the game minimally but it's it's an interesting choice to have to make because as a gamer you it's it's a pretty limited resource and you you want to have more of it but it it does a good job of making you feel really bad if if that's what you're gonna do yeah i believe tannenbaum gives you adam if you save the little sister okay and then yeah essentially the, the the ending's broken up that if you if you don't kill any little sister you get one ending and then the other ending if you kill any little sister the ending's different and then the amount of little sisters that you kill like the ending will only get like the narration at the end will get like harsher and more angry essentially based on how many little sisters that you harvest uh if you end the game without doing any you end up adopting five little sisters (laughs) which i thought was kind of funny so I'm a big happy family. That's true. Then then the after game is just you cooking for them all the time. Turned into overcooked. <laughs> that's, that is true. So yeah, that's that's Bioshock. Don't know don't remember why I started playing it. I'm sure it's just another title that like my brother got or something like that. This was this was early enough in gaming that most of the titles were fed to me through my brother's curiosity. So Yeah, I I only I played it with the remastering. Um, or I don't even know if it's technically a remaster. I suppose they did a little bit, um, but they, they released all three Bioshocks, one, two, and Infinite, um, in a collection on the next gen of consoles. So mm-hmm. it was just a game that I knew was received very well and I had never played it. Um, so that's, that's when I picked it up. And I it's good. It. That's yeah. good. I think it would still be worth playing through. Honestly, talking about it now makes me want to play through it again. Like it, yeah. I would imagine it's still pretty replayable. So just yeah. because of how unique it is. I, I mean, I, I, I replayed it recently. So like as far as time, even though it's an old game, it holds up incredibly well, mm-hmm. especially with the little remastering tweaks. But then even just talking about the story again, I'm like, man, it's pretty hype-y. I want to play it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My other game, Broforce, which we have talked about. Bro. De- <laughs> developed by Free Lifes, who also, I thought this was pretty funny, who also made a game, Genital Jousting, which is a <laughs> multiplayer party game where players use a flaccid, disembodied penis and is essentially trying to navigate it into a disembodied anus. Oh, and I know this game. It was designed to deliver a sex-positive message. So the studio stated that cis-hetero males are socialized not to discuss how they feel about anal or penises touching each other. So... The game was meant to serve as a vehicle to have those discussions among ourselves. 
which yeah I, I i think i remember seeing it as well it definitely got a decent amount of controversy it wasn't allowed on major consoles at the time and was banned from live streaming on twitch which as a result they someone someone reached out to steam and was like hey can we you know stream at least on here so it ended up being the first game to be broadcasted through uh steam's live streaming feature Wow. I know. That's actually pretty cool. So flaccid penises are Steam's number one. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, the, well, the studio in general is primarily published through Devolver Digital, who has also published major titles that you might have heard of, such as Fall Guys, a.k.a. I'm just going to say Fall Guys because that one's really big and popping off like crazy right now. They also did Enter the Gungeon, which I'm familiar with. I played that with the same person who showed me Broforce. It is also a very fun game, though Broforce, I think, takes the takes the cake between the two of those games. And got an 83 out of 1,000, according to my notes, but I'm guessing I meant <laughs> an 83 out of 100. So I played it on the Switch. It's a side-scrolling run-and-gun. You play as a bro, hyper-masculine, action hero-style commando. We already talked about this decently. You fight terrorists and free prisoners of war. The environment's incredibly destructible, so it just it's a very fast-paced fun just like sit down on the couch co-op type game that is like most of the levels are pretty short so it's also it's nice that it's like a a fast clip so you know you're like oh i only want to play or only have like 30 minutes it's not like uh you're not going to sit down and play skyrim for 30 minutes or something like that well you could but you'd be dumb (laughs) maxwell's face is saying that you could which i guess i'm not disagreeing (laughs) stay tuned for the mo video games youtube channel (laughs) coming to a store near you (laughs) So the level ends when there's a devil at the end of each level. So you kill the devil and then you just smash an American flag in the ground and then a helicopter comes down with a ladder hanging. You have to jump onto the ladder as the entire environment around you just starts blowing up to all shit. So it is the best part is always just trying to if you can end the game and your other person with you is farther behind you can jump on the helicopter and they will leave your co-op person behind so they're just like they end up getting killed at the very end so that's definitely a you have to time essentially when you're jumping on because i think as soon as one person is on it's a very short delay before the helicopter starts flying away so definitely definitely a fun little like end game you can chill your friends a little bit designed to be a lighthearted hyperbole of the 1980s action film genre the director noted that difficulties of translating the genre's trope of remorseless violence into the 2013 climate surrounding foreign relations and human casualties. They hoped their game would be a challenge to bro culture stereotypes of irresponsibility and drunkenness with a sense of righteousness and positive manliness. And it's a theme for the studio, which I thought was kind of funny that they went from like the, the sex positivity to like the most stereotypical like heteromasculinity. Yeah. But I, I guess it was in pursuit of more righteousness and positive manliness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't think we talked about, I guess, those aspects previously. So tried to throw in something a little new, a little spicy, a little spicy. And briefly, when I was looking through it, I saw some reviewer compare it to Terraria which I just want to say makes literally zero sense to me. It is 2D. That's true. That's about the only comparison. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can shoot guns in both of them. There two I see no difference. Honestly, I'm getting confused. So yeah, I thought that was really weird. I have no idea. I also don't care to, uh, what do you call it, promote bad ideas. So I'm not going to even read why they compared it to Rarity because that's a dumb comparison. I'm not going to give them the web page view. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's Bro Force. Play it if you haven't. Play with friends, preferably with friends. It's definitely fun with friends. And, yeah, that's the episode. Bioshock wins. <laughs> yeah, I apologize to Bro Force, but Bioshock is a... It's, I mean, it's, it is a legendary game, for sure. I still, I still talk about, or, like, it comes up in conversation with friends, not just when Maxwell and I are being derps about video games still pretty reliably like it's definitely it is a game that in in some of my like friends circles i guess just has not been forgotten and will probably never be forgotten just for the amount of like iconic stuff that is introduced to the gaming industry so in terms of again in terms of like like the big daddies and the little sisters are definitely iconic uh in the whole atmosphere so i have not finished bioshock infinite i will not lie nor have i 
I I'm like I'm pretty sure ninety five to ninety eight percent complete. Yeah. And I got stuck on one of the last levels. It was hard, and so I stopped playing. I heard it was brazy for sure. So I definitely have been interested in playing it. I've only heard good remarks about it. So I pl- I played Bioshock one and two, and I Bioshock one definitely has to take the cake. I don't know why I thought that I was gonna give it to Bioshock two, but that was incorrect. <laughs> because Bioshock one definitely takes the cake. But I would be interested in playing through infinite and seeing how they compare so if you have thoughts on that let us know no one comments so we're going to keep saying it (laughs) why we comment i guess we talk to each other about it every week that's true first person to comment gets a like that's true we'll follow everyone back that comments i mean that's an incentive right there baby that's true I mean, I don't know what else to incentivize people with. Oh, you get a you get a bar of soap with each comment. You don't actually. I can't make that much soap. Well, I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> well, I mean, so far you've made infinitely more than we have comments. So. Yeah, right now stock is looking okay, but I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of today's podcast. We hope you had a blast. We hope you got some coffee. We hope you're supporting those local businesses. And we can't wait to see you next time. As always, you can check us out on Instagram at Mo Video Games. That's at M-O Video Games. Like we said, we'll probably give you a like. We probably won't give you a bar of soap, though. As exciting as that would be. But we hope to catch you next time. And you can also check us out for more episodes on Spotify and on Podbean. But until next time, keep it classy. Juice!